Hey there, Marshall students, and welcome to another episode of MBAs Unplugged. I'm your host, Fedge McDermott, and let's dive into today, Tuesday, April 28th. Uh, from the program office, we have just one real announcement here, and that is that tomorrow on April 29th at 4 p.m., there will be a virtual state of USC address by USC President Carol Folt. All students should have received an email invitation. Once you register, you'll receive the appropriate Zoom information, and you can also submit questions for the President Folt to answer at qna at usc.edu. If you have any questions about how to access the address, reach out to Janella or Kat in the program office. And for club announcements, we just have one club announcement today, and that is coming from MGSA and Marshall Takes the Mic. So Marshall Takes the Mic is returning once again this Thursday at 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, uh, virtually, obviously, via Zoom. And just to read off the details, so you get to unwind with your classmates and join us virtually for our last Marshall Takes the Mic of the year. Uh, let's get together and listen to some stories of what together means to your classmates. So theme is together. Uh, how we find that feeling, how it feels to lose it, how we redefine it and reclaim it during these new and unprecedented times. There will be a few planned speakers and an opportunity for an open mic equivalent at the end of the period. So... Uh, Bring your own refreshments, bring your own open mind, and bring your own brave storytelling if you want. No pressure, we're just coming together. So, if you'd like to join in on that, make sure you sign up on Campus Groups. Again, there'll be a Zoom link attached there as well that you can sign that you can access the meeting from. And it's, it's going to be a good event, so looking forward to seeing as many people there as we can. And that about does it for our announcements for today. Now, moving on to the guest portion of our show, we'll be going to a uh, pre-recorded podcast with the one and only Libby Blasser. So with that, I will now hand it over to that section. And moving on to the guest portion of our show, I'm now joined by actually one of my AVPs for the community chair back in the early semester of uh, fall 2019, uh, Libby Blasser. How are you doing today, Libby? Hey, Fedge. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That feels like forever ago now. I miss those simpler days. Oh, you mean the days of just sort of like, what, having like dinner parties and stuff? And <laughs> oh, they were so much fun. And the mixers on campus. And Secret Santas. And... Secret Santa. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> things were, things were good. Things were rosy. <laughs> Hard to think it's, it hasn't even been like six months since that. <laughs> Oh my god, that's feels, wild. Feels like an eternity. Two and three months, I guess. Yeah, it does feel like I feel like we've grown in these last two months. I feel aged. like I've grown. I don't know if it's like a positive growth, but you know. I um I've been trying to be very mindful during this time and like taking a lot of opportunity to reflect and take this time to grow personally so I'm trying to use this time productively that way too but I also just feel like the stress of all this has aged our entire class <laughs> oh, okay I agree with the last part at least but <laughs> yeah um, I actually looked at a picture of me and Issa and Jess Chia um, two other students in the Marshall class who are first years from I think it was term one back in August like the last day that we had finals yeah and we, we all three were like we actually look younger than, <laughs> than now it's, it's been a long year for sure uh do you have any sort of like quarantine tips that you want to like impart in the class something that's at least helped you um going for walks daily i try and go for a walk in the morning and in the evening to get out of the house stay moving um 
that's definitely helped me keep my sanity. Um, I think also just staying in contact with people, being able to, you know, schedule some time for your friends outside of class, um, be them friends from outside of school, but also in school um, has really helped maintain a little bit of normalcy in my days because we sit and we talk about like all the things we want to do after this or all the things we've done in the past. And it makes you feel like this isn't just happening to you, which it's not. It's happening to everyone. That's probably a growing list now. Yeah. <laughs> things that I wouldn't normally put on that list are probably going to be on that list at this point. So many things on that list now. Um, okay. So moving on into, I guess, the actual show portion. Yes. Uh, we're going to be changing things up since you're the first person in our second wave of interviews here. So we have a couple new segments that I've sort of invented in the sort of gap between the first and second that you get to choose from. So we talked about this offline, but I guess I'll sort of run through them now so people sort of are aware what they are. So you get to choose two, two segments, one we'll, which we'll do now, which we'll do at the midway point. One being the Florida Man birthday. Yes. Two being soundboard research. Three being the trivia that we've done uh. in the past. Uh, four being one we call song blitz. And then mm -hmm. five being, will you press that button? So you, do you know which two that you will elect which to choose? Which to choose. Um, I think definitely Florida Man, since I am currently in Miami. Yep. Um, I feel like that checks. That's it's definitely good timing to have you on and be the first person to do yeah. Florida Man birthday. Um, and I would be down to help you pick your jingle for sure. So the soundboard research? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll start off. Yeah. Disappoint people with my trivia and song blitz capacity. So you know, you know your, <laughs> you know. I know my strengths <laughs> and I know my weaknesses, and those are two of my weaknesses. Okay. Um, so I'll note those down. We'll just highlight those real quick. But for Florida Man birthday, yes. that means we'll start off with that one. So for those listening in, the Florida Man birthday is pretty much what it sounds like, where uh, Libby and I will be taking her birthday and Googling it along with the word Florida man. And from there, we will have IS, we know will be a number of articles that are related to Libby's birthday that we can sort of rattle off at the-, for the And the upside down that is Florida. <laughs> the upside down. Okay, Stranger Libby. things happen here. So what is your birthday? Okay, my birthday is October, well, do you want the year? Yeah, you don't need the year, you just need the date. Oh, okay. You, you get 30th. much more. You get much more hits when you just use the the date without the year. Gotcha. I'm Halloween Eve baby, so I'm October thirtieth. Oh man, this is probably going to be a good one then. <laughs> do I also Google with you, or do you Google on your own? What oh, we... you can Google with me and read off some too. Okay, dope. October thirtieth, Florida man. That's my Google. Yep. All right. Oh my gosh, this is there, There's scary. a number, I know. This is highly concerning. Let's see, what do we got? Wow. Oh my God, the headlines. There's, there's all, there's many of them. Oh, come on. <gasps> Florida man gets stuck after climbing down a 30-foot well for bragging rights. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, okay, on October 30th, a 26-year-old Florida man was allegedly attempting to pry his way into a Fort Lauderdale home with a pipe when the homeowner appeared with a machete. Oh, wow. <laughs> that sounds very Florida. 
Florida man arrested after a Bible debate with his brother led to gunshots. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, these are really crazy. Florida man gets stuck after climbing down 30 foot. Well, you just said that one, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I I, I call call that one. That one's coming up a lot. (laughs) Florida man sues Tesla over autopilot crash. (laughs) Yep. 17 fun birthday facts about October 30th. Whoa. Florida man arrested yeah. for throwing an adult, adult toy on the field. Oh my gosh. Oh, was that the Buffalo game? Was that the yeah. Florida guy? <laughs> it was. So the guy who went to a Buffalo Patriots game and threw like, I'm pretty sure it was a dildo on the field. Oh my God. Was from Florida. <laughs> that checks. <laughs> Everyone was so sure that guy was from Buffalo, though, because that just That's sounds wild. like a very Buffalo thing, too. But On October 30th, my, my birthday is really bringing up some crazy headlines. Damn. And then there's some really not great ones. but Oh, yeah, I, I kind of glimpsed over those, too. Yeah. <laughs> a little sad, scary. Yeah, you got to go for that? the funny Florida ones. Okay, a Florida man arrested after another sex toy was thrown onto the field at a Patriots game. Again? Again. (laughs) Twice. A Florida man arrested in inflatable dinosaur costume on battery charges. Whoa. (laughs) Florida man rescues dog from Jaws. I guess this dog was... That sounds like actually a good one. Getting attacked by a shark? Oh my god. And he kicked the shark in order to save the dog. All right, here's the last one that we'll do, which I think is probably a very unique Florida one. Is drunk Florida man tries to use taco as an ID after his car catches fire at a Taco Bell. That, yeah, that, that sounds, that sounds like Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Love my state, hate my state. Surname Queso. <laughs> All right, so that was the first <laughs> the first trip down to Florida, man. Uh, definitely some interesting articles there. So mm-hmm. I kind of like that one just because uh, <laughs> there's definitely a bunch of different ones out there. Uh, so, but moving on to learning more about you, Libby. So uh, I know that you're sort of raised in Miami, Florida, but that's not necessarily where you're from. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about where you're from, and I guess your background leading up to uh, your undergrad career. Sure. So um, as you just described, I and I'm currently in Miami. Um, I was actually born in Panama City, Panama, um, famous now for the Panama Papers and our canals. Um, I moved to the States in first grade, um, but was back and forth pretty much till high school. Um, my dad is Panamanian and we're also Jewish, came over after the First World War, my grandparents did. Um, and my mom is American, she is from Jacksonville, Florida. And um, yeah, I grew up in Miami, did middle school and high school here, I guess also some elementary. And um, then went to Cornell for undergrad and I studied fiber science and apparel design and business management. So 
for people who are unaware of what that means because it's kind of niche. I was going to um, ask. It's like so. <laughs> fashion. Yeah, it's, I didn't design clothing. Um, I actually did fashion management and marketing. So um, Cornell has a handful of colleges and one of them is the College of Human Ecology. And that is where <laughs> the fiber science and apparel design major is housed. Gotcha. Um, and it's, it's a cool small major. There were like 80 kids in my, in my um, class and graduated from there um, in 2014 and moved to New York City. And I started my career in luxury retail marketing at Bloomingdale's. So I did international marketing for Bloomingdale's for about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, went through, started in their executive development program, then did international marketing, and then um, left Bloomingdale's um, in the summer of 2017 because I wanted a more national domestic experience in luxury retail so I went to coach it was Bloomingdale's more of I guess an international sort of focus for you well so I was the I was in the international department and um Bloomingdale's is honestly I love it it's it's such a great company the company culture is phenomenal like everyone felt like family um really great benefits but as a result you know people don't really leave so growth potential at the company was hard because there weren't many open positions and you know like promotions only got so far because they had a specific structure of hierarchy and like moving up that ladder looked like it was going to take a really long time and I wanted to expand my experience a bit Mm -hmm. so I went to coach Inc. and was the associate marketing manager for North America retail and wholesale, which was a huge jump in responsibility um, and exposure. Learned a lot. They also went through um, a transition. So Coach had acquired Kate Spade and Stuart Weitzman during that time period. I know this is all fun facts that most people don't know. Um, But as a result- It's like, I wouldn't know, but I'm sure other people know. It's like it was a merger acquisition strategy that Coach was employing because they had grown to a place where, like, tapping into that that middle segment that like Kate Spade and Coach can hit, yeah, was really really great for them. But also they were having struggles like moving into the higher uh, luxury segment. So Stuart Weitzman built out that portfolio part for them. They want a new brand to sort of build that out from rather yeah. than taking Coach and, and trying to up it. Exactly. And also leverage the, yeah, leverage the resources that Sir Weitzman had within the industry and like be able to build on those relationships that Stuart Weitzman had. So really cool time to be at Coach. They went through um, rebranding the holding company Coach to Tapestry Inc. Um, but I was only there for about 10 months because my family business, which is a consumer products, personal care business that my dad started way back in the 70s um, in Panama. It, it was vertically integrated and doing manufacturing in Miami, but um, the, I guess, level of manufacturing for OTC over-the-counter consumer products went up. Um, so FDA regulations for manufacturing were really 
much more stringent, which is great because anything you put on your body should be going through those regulations, but it was going to require a larger investment of working capital into our um, factory facility. And that was something that at the time the business just wasn't like ready to invest in. So I moved home um, in the spring of 2018 back to Miami to help transition from vertically integrated manufacturing to third-party logistics um, and went through um, some like, I guess, sales of our property plan and equipment, which was now I learned a lot more about. Yeah, PP&E. Back in the day, um, in 2018, I was really heavy on like Google (laughs) and learning what all this was with our accountants and trying to create a new business plan and operation strategy for our company and then leverage that to enter into a funding round um, to expand into e-commerce in South America, the Caribbean, um, and Central America. So that was my undertaking for... 2018 and in that moment that's kind of what triggered the whole oh this is really interesting and I really want to maybe explore this a bit more and do this and by this I mean um, going through the funding round process for my family's business was something that was really eye-opening because we're Hispanic and even in Miami that it's a highly Latin um, population it as a woman going to these capital groups and pitching, I was seeing that everyone on the other side of the table didn't look like me, didn't really respect my pitch. As a woman, I was getting belittled. Um, I was being called niña, which means little girl um, or girl, by um, these investors who made me feel completely isolated and subjected to being like not worthy of an investment so it was something that in that moment I was like wow I really want to help other companies approach funding rounds with purpose and confidence and be able to yeah and be able for them to sit on you know see people on the other side of the table who understand where they're coming from look like them get where their business is going and believe in them so that was what triggered my application process to business school and really like my now personal mission in um, helping minority founders and entrepreneurs get funded and get seen because there's a clear investment gender and equity gap that I believe is is changing and has more room for change and I want to be a part of that change yeah so I guess yeah, going through that funding and stuff was definitely sort of <laughs> what kicked up. you. Is that what kicked you, I guess, off in the MBA direction? Had you not been thinking about doing that at all leading up to that? Yeah. So. Yeah, um, no. I mean, for a minute, for a minute, I was like, oh, I'll just I'll like help lead the company, and you know, take help, you know, create the succession plan early, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take a year or two and then find the next. Uh, the next gig <laughs> yeah but this this just it i it it, it lit a fire within me and um mm-hmm. like i worked really really hard in creating our plans and our pitch and it just it fell short at so many meetings that like the people on the other side were not respecting like the work that i had put into it because they didn't respect me I guess I don't know like many people were like 
if you want, we can walk you through the questions. And I'm like, well, if you checked your Dropbox, I've answered all the questions fully with projections and plans and <laughs> can, yeah. you know, you can talk to me like an adult. Anyways, uh. um, but that also is partly the culture in Miami that is um, relative to, you know, the machismo in Latin America. Mm -hmm. uh, but I guess in researching the, I guess, VCs or where you're getting these funds from, did you find any that I guess were more targeted towards like Hispanic or uh, minority um, owned founders? Yeah. So, I mean, give the, a lot of the groups in Miami, you know, are Hispanic um, and run by Latinos. Um, but what we ended up doing was partnering with a like a mid to late stage um, investment group that had a portfolio mix similar to you know what the products we were are producing and have been producing and um, had like a very community focused mission in their investment strategy. So there's a lot of like hands on, I guess, benefits to working with them and they they saw eye to eye with us and it like, I mean, the, the group that I pitched to had a mix of men and women. And that was like one of three groups that had women on the team, Okay, which was exciting to see. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that that's what helped, but it, it probably <laughs> helped. <laughs> well, I'm glad that it ended up working out and you found like a good one to work for But I guess, was that sort of the kind of group that you would see yourself working for after Marshall then or for your post career? I think, um, I mean, long-term, I do want to create my own fund and I want to invest in mission-driven companies, but also companies that, you know, are run by female founders or run by minorities, be that, you know, demographic, you know, LGBTQT, any, like, I want it to be a mul like equal opportunity fund focused mm. on giving opportunity to people who are underrepresented, um, racially, sexually, all of the above. I, but like, I, I believe that there should be opportunity for all of the underrepresented groups. Um, and the, the investment group that worked with our company, that's primarily how they function also. So yeah, I would align with that for sure. Awesome. Uh, so we're kind of at the point where we know that you're going to business school. So I guess your, your angle sort of makes sense. Honestly, it's a clearer mm -hmm. path than I had or Here I am. some of the other people <laughs> had. Uh, but what led you to specifically like ending up at USC? <laughs> so what, what was your journey? Because I mean, you've been in Miami, you've been up in New York. Uh, it almost makes sense to sort of like pick somewhere around there in the Northeast or even just on the East Coast in general. So what, what dragged your ass all the way out to California? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that my parents say the same thing. They're very confused. <laughs> um, but um, I, you know, I was thinking about my network and future business opportunities. And I have a pretty strong network on the East Coast in, you know, DC, New York, Miami. And, and that, to me, seemed like expand, you know try something different, try something yeah. new. Um, I didn't really have a strong 
work on the West Coast and also don't love cold weather, <laughs> having <laughs> grown up in in the city or like cold weather. And yeah, that made the West Coast kind of an obvious move. Um, and also, you know, the propensities of, and I guess the amount of VC and female founders that were coming out of the West Coast was something that I was interested in also. I was actually going to ask how you tolerated those Cornell winters because, I mean, Dude. it sounds awful for me and I'm in New Jersey and you're going all the <laughs> way down from like sunny Florida and I'm like, she was, she was definitely not prepared yeah. clothes-wise for that first winter. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't have snow boots until like way into our second blizzard. <laughs> I don't have snow boots either. And so I would be absolutely screwed. Um, I managed with one of those like lamps, you know, those like LED lamps. Like a sad lamps? No, they were like, they were supposed to like emulate the sunlight that you Oh like, my God. <laughs> yeah, I had one of those. Um, and I was fortunate that I, had a schedule that was pretty flexible so I could fly home every now and then um, oh, damn. and get a dose of vitamin D. I feel like at school I never I never went home. I never had time off like that. Oh no, I, I like built my schedule around long weekends so I could fly to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got it. If I'm doing this, I have to be able to get some vitamin D and beach in me. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you managed fortunate. to somehow pull that off. Um, yeah. So I guess, yeah, it makes sense for the West Coast because going to VC, that's kind of where most of the action is going to be going on, at least for a recruiting standpoint. Uh, yes. And then I guess somewhere in LA was sort of the target because you kind of wanted to have the warmer weather. Because mm -hmm. uh, although San Francisco is kind of like moderate climate, I wouldn't necessarily describe it as being warm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I also had a lot of friends from Miami me um, that had moved to LA and kind of like had a small network of of friends that there already that um, made it feel like you know a little bit of home was already there waiting for me yeah um, you could build out but also there. exactly but also I applied um, through the consortium and right. for those listening who aren't aware of what the consortium is it's um, a graduate program um, in management that promotes diversity and inclusion. Um, it started, you know, as promoting um, to get more black um, executives into the corporate America structure and expanded into including like all minorities and underrepresented groups and promoting um, DNI within MBA programs and beyond. So it's a program that um, I'm really fortunate and so excited to be a part of because um, before I even started my Marshall journey, um, well, I guess it, it kicked off my Marshall journey. We went to a networking convention in Houston, um, which unfortunately is not happening this summer um, in June and yeah, sad times, but um the benefit of the consortium is that, you know, you don't really have to be everywhere with everyone to really reap the benefits. It's people who are really invested in um, promoting DNI and also expanding the information available about it 
to others not in, in it. Um, so in June, went to Houston, met the rest of the group from consortium at USC Marshall. There's about 13 of us um, and people from all over the country, different backgrounds. Um, and we got to network, do a bit of workshopping on resume skills and exploring our why, which future first years will fully, <laughs> fully God immerse themselves <laughs> in soon. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was the first like moment in time where you kind of sit back and you're like, wow, okay, I, I'm doing business school for a reason more than just career. It's more of like, what are the underlying value and mission drivers that I believe in that um, are propelling me into whatever it is that you want to go into, but also what you do outside of that too. And that consortium aligns all of that. And it's, it's um, an amazing program to see grow um, because it's now got like 15 or 16 schools out of the top 20 in it. Um, maybe more than that now. Um, but I was awarded the fellowship, the consortium fellowship to attend Marshall. Um, and that also made it a really easy decision. Um, that would certainly help. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, but at the same time, like, that aside, Marshall was an obvious choice for me because of its network, um, and it's it had just reached gender parity in 2019 um, with the class of 2020, and is you know ahead of what a lot of other schools are doing. And being able to be part of the consortium and the Marshall community twofold was something that was really just like, oh, duh, that's what I'm doing. I yeah. have to choose this. This is amazing. Yeah, and I, I didn't realize that you get to like interact with all the other consortium folks. That almost like kickstarted your network at yeah. other schools, even, which is definitely a leg up, I would say, on some other aspects. Um, there were like 400 other people. We were at the wow. Marriott Marquis in Houston for like seven days or something. I don't even remember. It was such a blur. But you network with all these different types of people. You learn about all these different types of careers that you know you have exposure at in MBA programs to, and amazing keynote speakers, different CEOs and executives from major companies like Kellogg's, J&J, Yum Brands, um, Deloitte, Accenture, EY. Um, so it was, it was really cool. I got a little confused there. I was like doing some consulting networking and recruiting there and I was like, wait a minute, I don't know if I want this, but it was- Hey, no, not learning. consulting. <laughs> it was a great learning experience for sure. <laughs> I'm not like the poster boy for like don't go consulting. <laughs> I will say it's an amazing experience, but it definitely overwhelms you before, you know, having not been in the MBA program yet and not really knowing my why completely, like yeah. knowing my why, but not like being so solidified in it that I wouldn't get sidetracked by like some. You weren't like marinating in the, the why questions and. Uh, right. And then <laughs> you, then you kind of get swept on, up. Yeah. Uh Get swept probably, up should, an opportunity. You know, I should probably reread through some of those because, I mean, times like these, you kind of feel like everything's going different directions. Totally. So it'd be a good time to refresh yeah. and realign those goals a little bit. Um, but now that I guess we're sort of at Marshall, so all pretty much makes sense to why you picked Marshall, yes. both from a networking perspective as well as uh, coming to enjoy life on the West Coast, your career, as well as being a part of the consortium, which is awesome. Uh, so before we dive more into, I guess, what your experience at Marshall has been so far. We will now go segue into the second portion of our show, which you picked out to be the soundboard mm -hmm. research. So I'm so excited sound, about that. <laughs> for soundboard yes. research, 
Uh, early on in the show, I realized that in order to be a truly tacky podcast podcast host, I need to have an adequate and outrageous soundboard to use to go along with hundred uh, percent go along with everything in general. So rather than just sort of pull up a crappy soundboard myself, I figure why don't I just sort of like create my own since I have to make everything more complicated than it is. Uh, so what I'm doing now is I'm going to pull up four or so, so sounds that I that found on the web. That would just be off brand of you for not to. <laughs> to not just, just sort of take it one step farther. Yeah. Uh, the, the fed. <laughs> so Love it. what I'll be doing is I have, I guess, four sounds that I sort of, found on the web that'll play off for you and you get to pick one of them to be placed into my uh, soundboard. And so next time we do this, it'll be a whole new no four sound. So <laughs> nothing's going to be reused. So if you don't like it, it's get in the can. So the first one that is not my dog taught barking in the fucking background. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Once he starts barking, he just won't shut up. Uh, <laughs> the first one. Oh my God. First one is a scream. Almost sounds like the witch from Snow White. <laughs> that I'm gonna I'm gonna say we should pass on that. The second one is a uh, wah sound. Yeah! Okay. Um. <laughs> that one's a little more on brand i feel like for you but um let, what, what are my other options the, the third one is a barf <laughs> wow oh man no <laughs> you want people to listen to this right we don't want to scare people away <laughs> I have, like, this is the first stuff I looked up. I'm, like, on soundboard.com. I mean, no I mean, judgment. You can't do <laughs> basic ones like a drop -off. That's, like, boring. I'm not going to pick that. No. So I had to go no. for, like, the weird ones. For sure, for sure. Um, What else do we have here? Well, we had the classic. Oh, I, I'm into that one. You're into that one? Yeah. <laughs> so just be clear. Sounds like someone just got sucker punched. You're, you're not just scream. <laughs> At least sounds like the, the witch. People can see my it's face right now. Guy. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> not the wah. Oh, well, that one, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not into that one. <laughs> Definitely not the barf one. <laughs> that was a double wah. I kind of like that one. <laughs> I don't know why. No, that no, so 100%. <laughs> no, please. Please, no. uh, uh, I have no idea when I would actually use it, but I just think it's funny. Um, and then there's dough. So I, it sounds like you're between mm -hmm. the dough and the wah. Mm -hmm. I think wah. Yeah, that's the one. So you're going with wah? Just give everyone a little bit more anxiety. <laughs> All right. So we'll be adding that guy in. <laughs> Thank you, Libby, for making that very difficult choice. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, so now that we've finished that segment there, we can now move on to more of the Marshall questions, Marshall-specific mm -hmm. questions that I have to prep for you. So okay. uh, the first one being, I kind of fucked up the grammar on this one. 
Uh, <laughs> didn't call me out on that at all. Thanks. Um, what is a skill or knowledge that you've acquired at Marshall <laughs> so far? You should read it the way it's I, No, shut up. <laughs> uh, skill or, or knowledge that I've acquired. Yeah, skill or knowledge that you've acquired that you're excited to take into your next job. Yeah. Um, well, I have acquired some financial analyses skills oh, really? through yeah <laughs> um through corporate finance and um i guess also financial accounting has helped um <laughs> did you just say accounting help <laughs> <laughs> debits and credits you know that just that base knowledge helps <laughs> okay yeah no i agree that first term was actually educational for some um and refreshing for me because i had like yeah. basic accounting knowledge so yes basic keyword um yeah i would say i'm also in a financial valuation class now with professor scott abrams mm -hmm. um highly encourage everyone to take it even if you're not going into finance um because i've learned a lot about just how the stock market works how mergers and acquisitions happen leverage buyouts now i did yeah, my own dcf on my own yeah all these things that before business school i had no idea about always wanted to learn about was really intimidated by um and it's been made fun like learning in his class is fun the topic yeah. is really interesting the case studies are great um Corporate finance was tough because that was like my first intro to it since college, um, which I just I didn't really get it in college and combine Abrams and Dean Koo, it was more palatable. Um, and yeah, that's that's something that I'm really excited to take into my job, which I'm going to be working um, at a bank this summer in private wealth management. Um, not that I'll like need to be doing DCFs, <laughs> um, but it's it's good to know how they work and you know how the mm -hmm. how the function of the bank work and what fuels our economy and the yeah. stock market really relevant right now. Obviously, I almost think um, that uh, in like your undergraduate when you learn this stuff, at least from my perspective, it was like, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm learning it, but I don't know how I'm going to use it, so I'm just going to like learn what I can to pass the test, and that's about it. Uh, but totally now knowing where it would actually come into like a job and actually like be employed in real life. I feel like yeah. I sort of understand it from a totally different perspective and it just, it actually like settled in this time. Completely. Like I, I don't know, like I never did any financial modeling in my corporate finance class in college. And it was also very theoretical, you know, it was very academic. It just it was, it was in a huge lecture it just I don't know it wasn't it didn't sit the same way or maybe my interests have evolved given life experience but I wasn't I don't know I wasn't able to really like grasp it in college and now it feels it's still really hard I'm not gonna downplay that it's okay. still I'm yeah. still learning <laughs> I'm not a pro um but I'm excited to keep learning through it and it's been something that I'm definitely stoked to take with me into the summer. Mm -hmm. 
Awesome. Uh, so moving on to the next question. So I guess a little less focused on the skills that you acquired for your career, um, but what classes or clubs, what classes or clubs have you found to be more, most impactful just for you? So regardless, um, regardless of like career or what you're planning mm -hmm. to do after Marshall, what, what classes or clubs have you just found the most helpful mm -hmm. for like you? Well, I can't stress this enough, but um, the Marshall Leadership Fellows Program, also known as the acronym MLFP, um, it is by far the most impactful class that I've taken at Marshall ever, actually in my entire academic experience, undergrad, anywhere. <laughs> um, it's That's a quiet. class. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I'm I'm giving it a lot a lot of accolades because it's I don't know, it's it's a class that I had to apply for. So there was an interview process. Um and okay, I guess I can give a little bit of a basis of what it is first. Um coming into Marshall, all students in first year are placed into study teams and by your core. So you're in a group of six for your study team um, in whatever core you're in and everyone has different backgrounds like from their careers but also culturally um, and you're also assigned a Marshall Leadership Fellow who acts as kind of like a coach liaison spiritual guide um oh, wow, i totally forgot about this <laughs> yeah sounding board um for the study group that you're in yeah. and um i had a really amazing experience with my fellow and during first and second term and it made me really interested in the impact that the program can have on people individually but also as a group collectively um, also what it can do for the Marshall community at large, um, our class as a whole, I think could really benefit from some of the things that our cohort in the MLFP program is learning. Um, and it's something that, um, going into spring term, I was super stoked about. So it's actually like a two term class. So I take it this spring for the entire semester and then next fall. And I act as a coach for a study group, a first year study group next, this coming fall. Um, but the class is 27 of us, I think. Um, and it's taught by Professor Michael McGrath. It's phenomenal. Um, a lot of personal development opportunities. So we write a reflection paper every week on the first half of the semester. It's been leader of self. So, you know, really being able to identify your personal leadership gaps, um, you know, evaluating your emotional intelligence, really focusing on the things that you've seen in previous experiences that have been, you know, ineffective in groups, ineffective in coaching, ineffective in leading, and how we can evolve um, ourselves and also others um, by hopefully leading by example um i don't know it's been it's if it sometimes feels like therapy once a week which is awesome and yeah no it does <laughs> yeah and to, to a smaller extent but yeah yeah for sure and i love that you know we talk about feelings we talk about current events we talk about management styles we do case studies we do um role playing of 
different, you know, obstacles that study teams that our personal groups have gone through in the past, how to mitigate them. Um, but I can't stress enough that it's been the most incredible class to be a part of. The group is phenomenal. Um, everyone is super involved and really cares about Marshall and the program and the impact that the coaches that we could have as coaches on the incoming first year class, but also as the on the entire Marshall community. So if anyone's interested as a enrolled first year in learning more about MLFP, we have an incredible president. Her name is Maddie Rotman. She is um, the new president of our cohort and she's got a lot of incredible plans for um, not only MLFP, but I think the greater Marshall community and happy to set up some time to talk about it if anyone wants. I know that this is like kind of a plug that I'm supposed to save for later, but I well, yeah, you can have multiple plugs, <laughs> I guess, at this point. So. I really, I really <laughs> can't no stress rule. enough how awesome um, a class it is, as an and an experience that it is, um, both academically enriching, but also personally. Do you guys know who? Do you guys get to sort of pick which teams that you uh, are MLFP leaders for, or is this sort of like no. randomly assigned? Yeah, do you have Do you have multiple that you get? Because I, I feel like. Or is it just dependent on how many people, some people you have? have? Yeah, I think some people are going to take on two. It's based, like, it's typically one group per fellow, but there might be two per fellow. It's dependent on, like, your capacity as a coach, um, yeah. what your workload looks like. Um, there will be a need for some people to take two. But, no, I don't believe that we get to pick our our study groups. I think it's assigned. Not that you would know much about sure it anyway, but... <laughs> Don't quote me all that. <laughs> okay, so you haven't gotten that far in the class yet. No. <laughs> um, okay, definitely a good one because I knew very little about MLFP. Uh, I don't know if I would have been able to do it given like the way that I'm sort of strategizing my course load since mm -hmm. fall semester is looking different every day for me at this point. Uh, <laughs> but definitely yeah. good people who are like planning to like be on campus and stuff a lot that it is a great opportunity for them to sort of get to know the student body as well coming in because sure. it's almost like you have like six to 12 people that you're talking to almost like on a weekly basis. So it's a good way to sort of connect with that next class. Yeah. And it's a very student driven program. So it, it evolves every year with the group of students that are in the course. Um, mm -hmm. So it it's malleable, which is awesome. It It's adaptable to the current climate of the community um the needs of the first years and the needs of our class so it's it's a living breathing class and i love it <laughs> and i imagine it's a bit of a palate cleanser from all like the project driven classes that we have right now so 100 <laughs> percent. yesterday we talked about like identity and you know that talks a lot about like you know it goes back to your why um so it's it, it evolves the conversation that we've had early on in first term first term first semester and yep. continues that through second that's what i was thinking too it does sound yeah. like an extenuation of the uh was it professional finding your professional value class kind of yeah yeah combination <laughs> okay and i guess the last question that we have for you is what are you most excited to witness next year as a second year mba student so what are you most excited to see from i guess the other side of the fence almost oh man <laughs> um 
whether just to see the first years go through and be like a parent at Christmas or yeah I mean I'm definitely excited to see you know what new energy comes into the community with the new incoming class but I'm also so 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 excited to see our class take on leadership positions and get really involved in the things that they've started this semester and last semester so be it startups that you know certain students have launched during this year seeing those take off there's a few students yeah. already in our class who have you know live um, companies that are evolving and growing and you know this is obviously a very challenging moment in time for everyone um, but I'm so sure that our class you know is so capable and also so driven that no matter the obstacle I like I'm just so excited to see what comes out of this period you know some people have lost internships and are deviating paths some people are you know with with challenges come opportunities for growth and I I believe so wholeheartedly in this group of students our year of being able to approach those challenges with energy with um, focus you know coming out of it with innovative ideas and opportunities not looking at it as a dead end mm -hmm. but as you know an op a, a new path and I'm just so excited to see where this leads for everyone. Um, and that's, I think that's what I'm most stoked about for second year is like yeah. the launching pad that's been started, that's been founded is kind of getting us ready to take off. And I feel like everyone's gaining momentum in that personal career, overall growth moment and momentum, mm -hmm. so. So it's definitely going to be some uncharted waters for a lot of us, but I like that you're sort of taking a more optimistic view of it as uh, exploring the unknown rather than uh, <laughs> almost like fearful of it, I guess. Yeah. And I, you know, I have to believe that like, yes, there's a lot of really tough things going on in everyone's world, but like part of the, benefit of being in the Marshall community and the Trojan network is, you know, knocking on that network's door when we need. And I think that that's proving now more than ever really vital and important. And as a strength of being at this school, um, it's helping create more opportunity, ideally. Yeah. Very, very inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm trying to stay positive. <laughs> I know. I know. You're doing a good job, though. And I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to stay positive too, because I mean, like you mentioned, I'm one of those situations where there's no real like clear path for me at this point, with like all internships sort of like kind of shuttering down left and right in terms of entertainment. So it's sort of like a strange time to sort of find a way to add value. But you are someone who always finds a way to add value, and you are so entrepreneurial in your own way. Like I am not worried. You're like. I'm entrepreneur in every in every way besides like making money off of it. But <laughs> we can sidebar about that. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that that about wraps up uh, the time that we had today. So uh, thank you, Libby, for joining us on the show. But before I let you go, uh, one two more things that we have to go sort of run through here. One being uh, is a thank you for coming on the show and being a part of the podcast. 
Uh, you've already done a few plugs, so you can either plug again if you want, or you can have a totally different plug. That's up to you. But the next 30 seconds to a minute are for you to just sort of have to yourself and to let the listeners know uh, what you have going on for you. So, go okay. Ahead. <laughs> What's the second one? The second one will be the song. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, shameless plug, there is going to be on April 30th a um, kind of like a Marshall Takes the Mic about culture, togetherness, inclusivity, learning about our classmates, where they're from, what they're going through, who they are. Um, and it's being led by our class president, Asia Morales, and Sophia Siegel, the VP of DNI. Um, for Marshall's Graduate Student Association. Um, I, it's gonna be from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. And um, if, or sorry, 6.30. And if anyone wants to speak, um, you can email Sophia Siegel about, have whatever it is you wanna talk about with regards to together, the topic. Um, and yeah, that is something I hope people get involved in because it's a great opportunity for us to connect again as a community and learn more about each other just throughout this process outside of Zoom University classes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's a great plug because uh, I don't know if, if you haven't been to a Marshall Ticks mic before, I think I talked about it a little bit on the previous episode, but yeah. uh, definitely a really good experience to get to learn more about your classmates that you actually wouldn't normally hear just from a typical conversation on the courtyard or anything like that. So right. uh, definitely a great experience and encourage you. I'm assuming an email is going to go out to everyone with more details that you captured today. So uh, yes, I believe if there it will be more details coming. Honestly, by the time this is aired, maybe the date is already out too. So we'll look out for that as well. Um, Regardless, save the date, <laughs> April 30th. Yeah, Mark your calendars. Be there or be <laughs> missing out on really great things there you go <laughs> another classic <laughs> classic <laughs> tagline by libby uh, <laughs> and then finally you have your choice of the song of the night so whatever yes. song you think that embodies the current situation that you're in or mm. uh, an old classic that you want to throw back to or whatever okay well this is another shameless plug then um you're i'm <laughs> loving ride with me by pink sweats he um I, he's a really dope dude, great R&B artist, um, really up and coming, kind of breaking ground with the charts right now. And he's managed by a friend of mine at Thrice, Thrice Cooked Media. So everyone check him out. Pink sweats, ride with me. He's the best. <laughs> okay. I think that's the last plug we have for you today. Okay, Lee. sorry. <laughs> I, think, I think you're tapped out here. <laughs> but it's an amazing song. Okay, so <laughs> super happy. Uh, that's all we have today, folks. Uh, I've been your host, Fesh McDermott, and thank you once again, Libby, for joining the show. It was great to hear about your background coming from the Panama City over to America and then just the crazy journey you've been on since. Thank you for having me, Fedge. I'm so happy that you're doing this. Um, love it. All right, and then as your song of the night, we'll be playing you out to Ride With Me by Pink Sweats. So. That's all we have for tonight, folks, so we'll see you tomorrow. Baby, when you say my name, sit back, sip some Chardonnay. That's just how I'm feeling, babe. When you touch me in that way, we gon' dance our life away. Money showers every day. Only do this for you, babe. Can't go half, go all the way. Cause if it ain't love, then it ain't worth it. I just gotta live with the all black.
sexy. I just wanna know that you're by my side. I just wanna know that you're down the slide. Will you ride with me? Oh yeah, yeah. Will you ride with me? Oh yeah, yeah. Will you ride with me? Oh yeah, yeah. I really gotta know. I really gotta know. Need your body every day. Morning on can't take no breaks. Girl, I really love your shape. I might empty out the safe. Diamonds all up on your neck. Look at how my baby shine. Only do this for you, babe. Can't go half, go all the way. Cause if it ain't love, then it ain't worth it. I just gotta win with the all black team. I just wanna know that you're by my side. I just wanna know that you're 